Good morning. I'm Wimala, and today is December 23rd. Cold, but very, but dry here today. So no snow. I don't know if we'll have snow for Christmas. So I want to um, go back to Wisdom is Bliss, the book I've been reading from by Robert Thurman, The Four Friendly Fun Facts That Can Change Your Life. And it's really his, it's a book on the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And um, I love his his uh, take on it. I love his way of looking at the Eightfold Path. And he's bringing out some beautiful concepts that I think are just maybe a little bit different from what we we hear in our Tibet in our Theravadan tradition, and he's in a Tibetan tradition. But it's just, we're talking about the same things, but sometimes from a different angle. And it's very it's very good. It's very beautiful. His writing is beautiful, and he's really speaking from a clear place. So last night in a class, <clears throat> a meditation class I was leading, uh, a question came up afterwards from someone about right speech and having trouble with it at, at work. And I've read some from Robert Thurman's book, uh, and he's, instead of using the term right, he uses realistic. Uh, you know, uh, Bhante G uses harmonious. Bhante Gunaratana, which I think is beautiful because all of the steps on the path are the steps that help us have a harmonious life. And um, that's being connected with others and also being harmonious with ourselves. And so Robert Thurman used the term realistic, which I think is, I really like it because the Buddha talks about you know, we're trying to see things clearly, see things as they really are. So I'm going to read. Her question was about speech in the workplace. And uh, I'm going to have to, let me just. <laughs> Excuse me, I have a runny nose this morning. Um, I've read some from the chapter on realistic speech. But I'd like to read the first few pages because I think I had skipped into a different part that was of interest to me. But this, this at the beginning is just as beautiful and it's really important with speech. This is chapter four in his book. The first two branches of the Eightfold Path, realistic worldview, which is what we call uh, usually, it's often right, uh, right understanding, and realistic motivation, or we call right intention, constitute the higher, the first two constitute the higher education in wisdom. This is the scientific exploration of reality as we experience it, and we transform our experience by understanding it. To activate the third branch of the path, we move from the supereducation in wisdom to the supereducation in ethics, which requires us to learn more about how ethics connects to evolution. First of all, we have to acknowledge the evolutionary power of speech, words, and language 
in order to use them to reshape our lives along with others. The three path branches constituting the supereducation and ethics are realistic speech, realistic evolutionary action, and realistic livelihood. Why begin with realistic speech? Because good evolutionary actions begin with learning. The realization that actions are evolutionary in their causal impact on oneself and others mandates one choice of livelihood. Ultimately, all eight branches of the path must function simultaneously. Their order of presentation emphasizes a best sequence of approach, but they are not rungs on a ladder where you step off one to get on to another. They are rather like a symphony. You add one instrument at a time until all are playing harmoniously together, and each one comes into its fullest power, only combined with all the others. Isn't that a beautiful way? That's uh, like Bhante G talking about uh, harmoniously. But uh, I love this. You add one instrument at a time until all are playing harmoniously together. And that's how we work with the Eightfold Path. It's beautiful. So speech is so important, not only because of our connection with others, and we'll be reading about that, but learning is such an important part of that, uh, the evolution of the mind. So there are two, two more short sections I'd like to read about speech. The next section is scientists, politicians, artists, and educators. In many of his suttas, the Buddha describes realistic speech as speaking the truth and avoiding falsehoods, speaking diplomatically, reconciling others' disagreements, and refraining from divisive speech, slander, and backbiting, speaking sweetly and pleasingly, avoiding abusive speech, and speaking meaningfully avoiding senseless chatter. None of these four types of realistic speech is fanatical, since one should not use truth to cause harm. In certain situations, should not be diplomatic unless it will help the others involved, should not flatter people who are in error or misbehaving just to please them, and should at least withhold meaningful speech in a situation where you know someone will misunderstand. As in all things, pragmatism is essential. And I think that's a wonderful distinction he makes. Uh, Let me read this paragraph again because I think it's really important. Because these are kind. this is talking about sometimes the boundaries that we we, uh, question about speech. In many of his discourses, the Buddha describes realistic speech as speaking the truth and avoiding falsehoods, speaking diplomatically, reconciling others' disagreements and refraining from divisive speech, slander and backbiting. 
speaking sweetly and pleasingly, avoiding abusive speech, and speaking meaningfully, avoiding senseless chatter. None of these four types of realistic speech is fanatical, since one should not use truth to cause harm in certain situations, should not be diplomatic unless it will help the others involved, should not flatter people who are in error or misbehaving just to please them, and should at least withhold meaningful speech in a situation where you know someone will misunderstand, as in all things, pragmatism is essential. So he's, he's reminding us this is not a fanatical way of looking at speech, but it's pragmatic. It makes sense. It fits the situation. So we wouldn't say something to someone who doesn't have the understanding. We wouldn't become, get uh, all intellectual and speak above them just to confuse them or something that they're not ready for yet, that they haven't had the, they don't have the background for something. It's the reason we go through grades in school. We just don't dump all the information on someone, say, the first time they're able to read uh, to read something. You know, we have grades to help us develop. We develop our language and we develop, as we develop our intellect and our understanding from experience. So it isn't fanatical. As in all things the Buddha taught, pragmatism is essential. Speaking truth is what scientists are dedicated to doing. They investigate reality and must try to report on what they find, or at least what they consider the truth. Speaking diplomatically is the focus of peacemakers, those who seek to help others improve their relationships with each other, serving humanity in that way. Speaking pleasingly is generally good for one's own relations with others, and the sweetest speeches are the creations of artists, poets, playwrights, novelists, musicians, bards, and singers. Speaking meaningfully is best for everyone to do, and especially the responsibility of educators, those who help others become more realistic by sharing reality and that's dharma, the dharma, it's, it's, rea- it's reality, the way things really are, it's the truth. Um, by, so, at these, those who help others become more realistic by sharing reality or dharma with them insofar as they have some deeper experience and knowledge of it to share. So we don't try to share beyond our own level of knowledge or experience. So those are these are all things that, depending on how you your livelihoods. If you're an educator, there's a and the say someone who's working with teams of people or groups of people, supervising people, managing people, educating people. Uh, speaking diplomatically, I'm reading this again, is the focus of peacemakers, those who seek to help others improve their relationships with each other, serving humanity in that way. 
and the pleasing speech we generally it generally is good for one's own relations with others so with our own personal speech so a lot of us in our jobs always fall into that category of being a peacemaker whether you're a teacher or a manager or you you have to work with a group of people of people being a peacemaker being diplomatic is very important so here's the last section I'll read speech creating connection speech is a particularly human deep way of interconnecting with the mind of others when you talk and i listen i open my mind to yours letting your thoughts direct my attention when i talk and you listen you do the same for me when we read the recorded speech of people from the past we share their minds and when future generations read our thoughts we share with them thus each of us has a responsibility to be wakeful of what effects we are producing in others minds when we speak and when we listen we also have the opportunity to enter into others experiences of things we cannot experience ourselves isn't that beautiful i think i've read that paragraph before but it, speech should be only truthful it should be only peacemaking it should be only gentle and it should be only meaningful babbling meaninglessly or harshly or untruthfully or to make people enemies with each other those kinds of speech are really negative actions when you listen to someone they have the privilege of being in your mind temporarily and they should not abuse that privilege by talking rot they should try to help your mind when you speak you shouldn't invade other people's minds and speak a bunch of nonsense and rot and lies to them and distress them even more than they're all they've already been distressed speech enables us to learn and thereby to evolve to grow into wiser, more experienced, more realistic, more capable and happier beings. Learning new things may even may even be the essential purpose of all living beings, essential to the quest for true happiness in any one life and along the range of limitless ongoing lives. Human beings angels titans and gods are distinguished by speech we humans live and evolve in speech not only physically and mentally in body and mind but spiritually and ethically speech has a central role in shaping reality body being shaped by mind and mind by speech through speech we individual humans can expand our self-identifications to become communal beings without necessarily losing a sense of individual responsibility as a great song kappa said in his enlightenment poem the short essence of good eloquence and we have read this before of all the buddha's many deeds their deeds of speech are the supreme 
For this very reason, the wise applaud the Buddhas for their speech. So I think that's the best section to focus on in terms of uh, using speech in our relationships with other and even in, in our work, uh, being peacemakers rather than troublemakers. And it's not by telling people untruths. It's by uh, being careful the way we, we speak. And are we speaking with kindness or harshness? And uh, different situations require different kinds of speech. So speaking diplomatically is the focus of peacemakers, those who seek to help others improve their relationships with each other, serving humanity in that way. Speaking meaningfully is best for everyone to do, and especially the role of educators, because they're sharing the truth with others. So I think those are always good to remember, and uh, moving in, in the moving through the holidays, we may have more uh, interaction with others, or maybe making phone calls, checking in with people. Uh, Hopefully not mixing too much, if we're be, or, but being careful if we are. Um, we certainly have a lot of the COVID variant going around, I know, here. So that's a good thing to remember, not just at work, but at work I think it's really good to think of being a peacemaker in almost every job, dealing with coworkers, dealing with maybe customers, dealing with students, dealing with patients, clients. We, we, can, we can be a peacemaker rather than someone creating divisiveness. So um, think about that. So this is such a beautiful book. I want to read from uh, a little bit more from Right Effort because that was such a beautiful section too, but I wanted to do work, do a little bit more reading on speech today uh, because that question came up for me. So we don't have much time, but we certainly have time to meditate and get started on, if you want to sit longer, maybe this can help you be the start. But remember, when we are learning to meditate or working on building up that meditation, our practice, our training uh, muscles, it's we, we do as much as we can do, and we don't beat on ourselves if we're not doing uh, some, something that we've set as a goal. You, you may not be able to have the time or right now have the... Uh, uh, have the have the stamina almost to sit for an hour in the morning and an hour at night. But what you can do is when you have five minutes to sit and just be with your breath, you can do that. Uh, or when you feel some unpleasant emotions, uh, maybe irritation at another person, or you feel some sadness, maybe sometimes there's holiday sadness, right? We think about past holidays and maybe people who aren't with us now, who were in the past. So if you feel sadness arising or uh, melancholy or 
or anger or fear. If you can stop and take five minutes and sit or go out and take a walk and practice walking meditation and just let your mind begin to clear and that, that, that emotion can rise and you can look at it without being overwhelmed by it and you can practice with it. See it arise, try not to add anything to it, just be aware of it. Uh, it may be something very familiar, but instead of chasing it around or pushing it away, you can take a walk, you can sit for a few minutes and just let it rise and be aware of it, recognize it, and then if we don't feed it with more, if we don't build a fire under it, we can watch it fade away. So sitting and just taking that time to allow some of those things to rise and pass away, those are, those are very important ways to practice meditation. And they might be in five-minute five minute spaces or ten-minute spaces or just go outside and walk. Walk a little, walk a lot, and keep your mind free of just uh, chatter and try to Try to work. That's a wonderful way to work with what is arising within. So why don't we start, and then I will have to leave in about five to ten minutes, but you can keep going. So just let your body be breathing for you, and be aware of the body breathing for you. If you're sitting, I always like to remember to roll my shoulders back just to open up the chest so my lungs... Ah, so just even a simple breath, I'm aware of more oxygen coming in for my lungs. Be aware of the body breathing. We can feel our breath in our belly. It's good to feel it there and not just at the very top of our chest. We can feel our breath just around our nostrils. This is more subtle. We just feel a little of the movement, breathing out the air that we breathe out is warmer. And as we breathe in, it might be cooler. But we feel that sensation of the movement, maybe a little tickling. Remember that when we talk about speech, it's very important to try to reduce the idle chatter 
Just the chattering that we need to do. Sometimes we think we need to do it socially, interacting. But that chatter is going on in our heads as well. So we can think about reducing the chat, the chatter in our brains. Just be in the present moment. Stay in the present moment by feeling the body and letting the mind be a part of the body, not wandering around, not chattering, babbling or chattering away, but just let it drop down into the body. Feel your connection with nature, with the earth. Let that connection remind us of our connection to all living things. Let that help us be present in the in this moment, not in the past, not in the future.
Just stay with the breath. So my time is up with you. Keep sitting if you can. And try to do everything today, everything we do, that we say, looking especially at speech today and all of our thoughts. May they be beautiful and beneficial to us, but may they also be of benefit to all other beings as we feel our connections to all living beings. Thank you. I'll be with you again tomorrow.